with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Alan Wishart in the host chair as usual on a Thursday, and Steve on the board as usual as well. And it's, uh, if you listen to the forecast, it's going to get a little bit cooler in the next few days, but still reasonably nice weather right now. And uh, we're t- we've got some hockey talk happening today, and we're going to start. Uh, Cole Wally from the Prince George Spruce Kings joins us. Hello, Cole. Hi, thanks for having me. Not a problem. So with the Spruce Kings, is it fair to say right now it's more of hurry up and wait? Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of been the same thing since September, I guess you could say. It's kind of in a holding pattern right now, and I mean, obviously, it's nice to see that there's some progress with the vaccines coming in and stuff like that. So, hopefully, that can give us some more clarity on when a season starts. But again, as I said earlier, still in a holding pattern right now. Yeah. So now it goes until after Christmas, though, right? I believe January the eighth is when this next order finishes. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what um, we'll see what the cases look like where the vaccines at, mm-hmm. and then we'll see what. Um, the PHO decides to do because that's pretty much where we're relying on it. The PHO to hopefully, you know, maybe lift the restriction here in in January. Hopefully, obviously, get started sooner than later. Now, my understanding is as well. It also gets a little bit more confusing for junior hockey teams like the Spruce Kings because the order about who can and can't practice is age group that splits the Spruce Kings basically right in half. Yeah, we send our guys home, so um, there's no practicing right now. It doesn't make sense to have half the team watch in the stands and half the team to practice. So, um, yeah, that's tough. Um, they didn't really uh, separate, you know, the 19 and 20 year old athletes getting ready for college and uh, a beer leaguer that's 19 or 20. So, um, it's kind of all broad and put together, which is unfortunate. But um, you know, you got to credit the PHO on the same token; like they've done a really good job, but. They might have missed it there. It's just kind of a, a tough one right now. So it's forced us and a lot of other teams to go on pause and, and send their kids home for the extended Christmas break now. Uh-huh. Okay, that was going to be my next question, was because this order extends until beginning of January, so the, the, uh, all the players have had the chance now to go home and be with their families over Christmas. Yeah, some of them left yesterday, some are late today and tomorrow. So um, they are on their way home, and then they'll be back in the new year to do their or quarantine or whatever needs to be done and then get back on the ice as soon as they can. So with the order ending January the 8th, I'm assuming the league is going to try to get going as quickly as possible. Like with the previous order where it was ending on the 7th, I believe, the talk from the league was that they were hoping to get going like one or two days later. Have you heard, seen or heard anything about a schedule for when the league would like to get going after this order finishes? No, I haven't, but hopefully it'll be a couple of days, I'm assuming, after the, the order. So if, they were, if it's uh, lifted, I'm assuming it'll be, it'll be fairly quick after that because they want to get as many games in as possible. So um, I'm assuming it'll be you know, fairly quick after the restriction gets lifted, hopefully, uh, come January. So now looking at the calendar then, I'm figuring the players, if they're going to have to go through the two weeks quarantine, which most of them will, coming from other province or even from other health regions in BC, they're going to have to be back here fairly quickly after Christmas to get the two weeks in if the schedule starts up again, say January the 10th through 11th. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, after Christmas, they'll probably be on their way back here and, you know, do their quarantine and 
Um, I'm not sure if they have to do it in their home region, and they can, then they can come, or if they have to do it here. I'm assuming it'll be here, though. So, um, yeah, it'll be uh, again a long Christmas break. Obviously, they're going home here pretty quick, and then and then back at it after the break. Yeah, because I guess that's the thing is that's the other reason they want to get home as quick as they can is they know okay, open the presents on Christmas morning, and like two days later, I'm heading back out to Prince George. Yeah, exactly. It's, I guess I'm gonna. You know, if you have your glass half full, I guess it's, it's an okay thing that they got to go home and spend some time with their folks and, and you know, celebrate the holidays. Obviously, it's going to be a, a quieter holiday for everyone. So I guess better so than not, in a, in, a, in a sense, to be home with their family and, you know, just stay stay home for now. And then, again, hopefully, you know, things get better here um, fairly soon. And I guess the other thing that is kind of nice for some of the players, at least, is the ones from out of town, of course, are being billeted in Prince George. So they're going to be spending Christmas with their family, but they'll actually be able to spend New Year's with their billet if they come back between Christmas and New Year's. Yep, I guess that's true, yeah. Um, they probably will, and um, I think that'll be okay for the billets. They're okay with having them, you know, do their quarantine just like they did when they came here originally. So I don't think that'll be any problem, and... Uh, yeah, good for, I guess they'll be, you know, spending New Year's in the Great White North. Yeah, and again, because I know um, over the years I've talked to some of the players, I've talked to coaches, I've talked to some of the billets, and the billets are like a second family for these guys, so it is kind of nice, as I say, to some extent, they can sort of split the holidays, one with their um, real family, if you will, and one with the billet family. Yeah, the billets are so good with our guys. Um, you know, they obviously create a like it's as you said, like a split family almost in a sense. There's some, uh, there's really great billets that we have. The kids love being there. Just from some stories that I've heard in the, you know, the last couple of seasons, just how close they are, not just with the, the billet parents, but their kids as mm-hmm. well too, right? There's a lot of, you know, young kids that are, are living and have their, you know, junior hockey player as their, as their billet brother. And, you know, it's obviously kids that they look up to. So maybe an exciting moment for, for the kids as well. And, um, yeah, as you said, it's kind of like a split family. You know, it's obviously easier when you come to a place that you're not very familiar with and you have people uh, caring about you you a ton. So now that's how the players are going to be are handling and are going to handle the situation. What about the coaches? Um, do any of the coaches live in Prince George or are most of them going to be going back to sort of their traditional stomping grounds? Yeah, well, Jason Garneau and Nick Drzenovic both live in town. Right. So there's no problem here. Um, Alex is from Castlegar, and our assistant coach Lukash from the Czech Republic. He hasn't been home in a year and a half, so um, he's got he's got some friends and family in the Okanagan, though I believe. So they might, I believe, they might be heading back for a little bit just to kind of you know reset, and they'll be back uh, back in town right after Christmas as well. So um, yeah, so just two coaches that aren't from town. Okay, so that's not too bad. And then I know most of the administration, like I know Mike Hawes is from Prince George. I'm thinking most of the rest of the administration is from Prince George. So everybody yeah. else is probably still going to be in Prince George for the next while. Yeah, you betcha. I'm I'm born and raised here. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Kyle's here. So, um, yeah, everyone's kind of hanging tight here in Prince George. 
um, for the Christmas break, for sure. So now, what is going to happen with the Spruce Kings office over the next little while? Like, are you still going to be maintaining regular hours up until, say, Christmas Eve or whatever? Or are you going to say, okay, there's nothing happening between now and January the 8th, so we're going to cut things back? Yeah, that's still kind of in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, we're doing a 12 days of Christmas sale right now. Ah. Today's day four, so... Um, I'll be in the office for the next couple of days here once that expires, and then maybe I think me and Kyle have some discussions on maybe working from home until uh, the break concludes. So that's still some conversations we're having, and we'll figure that out probably here fairly quick. But you can still do all your online shopping on our website, and we'll be able to deliver it. We'll probably still, you know, if we if we are working from home, we'll definitely come back to the office every once in a while to check if people have bought some items from our shop. And obviously the show home is going really good right now as well. So, you know, Kyle may be working on the show home every now and then. And uh, so, yeah, still a lot of conversations got to have. But looks like we could be working from home, you know, in the next couple of days. So now, um, coming up to Christmas then, is the BCHL itself kind of taking a break as well in terms of are you expecting to see very much come out of BCHL office until after Christmas or after the new year even? Yeah, they put out a release saying that it's basically on pause um, mm-hmm. until the new year, um, just with this 19 and 20 year old um, rule. So, um, Global News put out a, a good story actually the other day on the on the Cholak Chiefs. Um, they had their 19 and 20 year olds watching practice, and they were just talking uh, to the kids about how tough it was and and all that. So it's a good story, and uh, yeah. So I think it's just pretty much on pause for right now, and then hopefully things fire up in the new year. So I'm guessing when the word came down about what the new order was all about, the coaches probably had their quick meeting, and it probably didn't take long before they said, yeah, let's just send everybody home early. There's no sense having the younger kids stick around because the older players can't be with them. As you say, having half a team doesn't really work. Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of tough. I mean, um, it's not fair to to the 19 and 20-year-olds, in my opinion, that you know they, they fill it with some of the younger kids and come to the rink together. And then they're not allowed to skate together. So um, it's just a, a really weird situation. You know, the saying goes with this pandemic that something changes every day and there's something different every day. I think that's a, a great example of, you know, what's been going on. There's always something something happening. So, yeah, I, I think it's smart by the team to send everyone home. I, you know, it's team first mentality here, which I'm assuming is in a lot of other places. They want everyone to practice together. So, um, that's kind of what they're rolling with, and rightfully so. So is that what you've been hearing from the other teams in the BCHL? Is everybody who you've heard from is basically doing the same thing? All the players are taking the break? No, not everyone. Huh? Um, not everyone's at home yet around the league, but I have heard that some teams have. Um, I'm not sure exactly which teams have, but I know uh, a couple of people have. And, uh, yeah, so... Um, I'm assuming, though, maybe down the road, teams start looking at sending their kids home, but I guess only time will tell. And I guess part of that depends as well on how many of your uh, players are local and how many are from out of town and have to leave to go somewhere. If most of your kids are from around where you are, then uh, you might say, well, we can at least be together and have meetings as a team, even if we can't practice. Right, yeah. Well, they had those before they left. They can do Zoom meetings, too, right, yeah. when they're all gone. Um, you know, they've been doing a lot. They did a lot of Zoom meetings over the summer with all the guys. 
So I'm assuming they'll they'll keep doing that. You know, they had their one-on-one meetings already before the kids uh, head off home. So yeah, you're right. There's always there's still chances to have team meetings and stuff like that. And again, Zoom's probably gonna be a big one over this break. But also, I think over this break, you know, there might they might um, lay back on that a little bit and just get some time for these guys to unwind because these poor kids. It's mm-hmm. been mm-hmm four months with no real meaningful hockey games so um they're still you know they've been so good though they have followed literally every single protocol that has been asked of them and Mm -hmm. there's been no positive tests and it's been really good by the team so um yeah now for the players who are still in town because i know some of the players are local are are there provisions for them to at least still do workouts? Like, can they, maybe they can't come to the rink, but can they go to the gyms and stuff like that and get in some workouts there still? Yeah, for sure. I Obviously, there's some local kids that will probably still work out. We have a great partnership with X-Conditioning. Um, Jay Cook's done a really good job with our guys. Um, I'm not sure how their hours are working, but, you know, if they show up with their masks, they've been still going to the gym as much as they can, right? So... Um, you know, for the kids that are still in town right now, we'll probably get a chance to maybe get in a workout or two before that they have back home, and then I guess work out at home. Or obviously, our assistant coach Luke Cash, Lomichki, will give some workouts to the kids over the break as well. So I think they're quite prepared from a workout standpoint for sure over the break. Yeah, and the kids who are going back home, I'm guessing for most of them. They're not going to be able to work out for the first couple of weeks after they get back home because they're going to be in the quarantine on the other end of things. Yeah, maybe some little home workouts in their basement area where they're quarantining. That's probably the only thing I can think of for sure. Jeez. So it's going to be, I, I guess, the good news to some extent then for the Spruce Kings and the players and the staff and everybody is they get to spend Christmas with their families without a great big panic rush because you had a game on the 22nd and you had to get home for the 25th. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's, yeah, that's what happened last year. We had a game in Langley and then mm-hmm. we dropped all the kids off at the airport and I was actually the only one who rode the bus home. So <laughs> uh, that was quite interesting. But yeah, you're right. Like It's so nice that the kids get a, a full Christmas break, a longer Christmas break. I don't know if you know, junior hockey players really get that opportunity much and mm-hmm. with everything going on. They're going to get it. I know some parents, Some parents, you know, obviously they love having their kids home, but they wish that they could stay in, in Prince George and, yeah. you know, start playing hockey. So um, it goes hand in hand, but it's, I guess, good that they're with their family for, you know, again, an extended Christmas break. Okay. Well, Cole Wally of the Spruce Kings, thanks very much for taking the time today. And since we probably won't talk between now and then, I'll wish you and yours a Merry Christmas. Yes, thank you very much, y'all. Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you as well. Okay. Cole Waldy of the Spruce Kings, take a quick break and be back with more after nine. In a confused and broken world, truth, hope, and light are found in the gospel of the crucified and resurrected Jesus Christ. Join us as we host Reverend Chris Gordon Sunday evenings at 8.30 for Abounding Grace Radio. Reverend Gordon delves into how all of the scriptures serve as a witness to the love and the teachings of Jesus Christ. 
Brought to you by Prince George Canadian Reformed Church. Don't miss Abounding Grace Radio each Sunday evening at 8.30 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. The Regional District of Fraser Fort George is working with Mackenzie, McBride and Valemount to get a better understanding of how internet and cellular service within the region can be improved. Part 1 in the process includes a survey for residents and business owners in the region to find out utilization of current services, possible gaps and ideas for improvement. Find the survey through the Connect activity study post on the notice board at rdffg.bc.ca. Hard copies are available at municipal offices or by contacting the regional district office. London Drugs is proud to announce the return of its popular stocking stuffers for seniors holiday donation drive. The simple gesture of a gift could mean the world to thousands of seniors who are seeing increased isolation this holiday season due to COVID-19. To support stocking stuffers for seniors, stop by London Drugs by December 16th and take a tag containing a senior's wish list from the tree. Fulfill the items on the list, then drop the new unwrapped items at London Drugs customer service. Check out full details online at londondrugs.com. Forecast from Environment Canada. Morning fog patches, then mainly cloudy. Wind up to 15K, a high of zero with an afternoon wind chill to minus 6. Mainly cloudy tonight with a low of minus 5. Mainly cloudy again on Friday with a high of minus 2. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And waiting for our second guest to give us a call. We have not heard from him yet, so keep going. I assume he will call in in the next couple of minutes. I talked to him just yesterday and things were looking good. But um, one reminder of something we haven't talked about the last couple of days is the... um, Hashtag holiday PG thing the Prince George Chamber of Commerce has got going. And, oh, Lord, I'm now joined by... Well, I can, I can fill in some blanks on that one. Okay. We were, we were actually supposed to have Todd Corrigal on uh, the show last Tuesday. Oh. But unfortunately, last Tuesday uh, ah, was, we, the, was the start of our... Hey. The, the, the start of our TELUS disaster, yeah. and uh, yeah, we were unable to have him on the show. Yeah, and that uh, was sort of the full disaster, wasn't it? Because we didn't even have a hookup here at that point. At least here now, we are online. Well, Tuesday is when we actually uh, moved our uh, broadcast yep. equipment down here okay. as we got booted out of Studio 2880. They were a little bit unforgiving on our, uh, you know, when we <laughs> yeah. had to be out by... Anyway, um, yeah, he was supposed to be uh, on the show last Tuesday, but uh, I, I'm not sure if he's been rebooked yet or not. Mm, okay. But definitely we're going to we're gonna get yes. him in here to talk, not just about that, but uh, things going on with the chamber. They, I imagine, are busier than normal, uh, like a lot of organizations due to, due to COVID, because they have all these businesses with changing protocols and changing uh, hours of operations, and like we talked about, Books and Company yesterday having to shut down Cafe, Cafe Voltaire, Voltaire yeah. again. So uh, all these uh, changes in operating for uh, members of the chamber, and uh, the chamber kind of has gotten to a point where they have to, that's sort of their thing now. Yep. They have to spend a lot of time just communicating to the public, uh, just communicating to the public who is open and and what's available for for residents to to go out and get the uh, goods and services they need one thing that occurred to me after yesterday's show was um cafe voltaire books and company almost came full circle Mm -hmm. because they both originally shut down 
When they started up again, Café Voltaire started up. Books and Company didn't. Then they were both running for a while. And now Café Voltaire is shut down and Books and Company is starting up. Yeah. And I think our guest... You have okay. your next guest. Our guest is here, yes. Joined now by a local singer, songwriter, musician, all-around good guy, Danny Bell. Hello, Danny. Hey, how you doing? Not too bad, and yourself, sir? Pretty good, pretty good. Okay, now, the, so, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, sorry, I'm late. Oh, no problem. <laughs> Musicians and deadlines, come on, what was I expecting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, the first question I've got to ask is one I'm sure you have never heard before in your life. Okay. Why is your band? Why is your band called the Disappointments? <laughs> um, well, it, it was originally going to be Danny Bell and the Disappointments, um, just because a lot of the songs are kind of jokingly complain about things in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a play off of that. But then my bass player Bryn uh, suggested that I do his disappointments so that it's more personal mm. <laughs> for the band. Okay. So the, the, yeah. band, the band doesn't disappoint the public, but they do disappoint you. <laughs> That's a joke, at least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they never do that. <laughs> no, and, and now you have got a new album out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's out tomorrow, actually. Oh, wow. Can't believe it, yeah. Good timing on this, then. And yeah. so now, what is the name of the album? And I think I know what the name is. I'm asking you to give you the chance, and I think people will see what you meant before about your songs talking about local things. Yeah, yeah. So the album the album's called Songs for the Town, um, and it's sort of an homage to, to Prince George and Northern BC in general. Um, uh, and, and kind of, I do it through... A lens that could be seen as the opposite, I guess. Like, I have a song called, uh, uh, well, I can't say it on the radio, no. um, but it rhymes, with, it rhymes with gritty, and it's a, it's yeah. a, also means poop. Uh, but it's, yeah, I'll just say gritty town. Yeah, I think um, that's a town that, I think that's one of the songs off the album that people can expect not to hear on our station, but <laughs> I'm sure it's a great yeah, song, yeah. so if you pick up the album, you'll be wanting to listen to it, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that one that one's actually uh it's it's a parody obviously because I love Prince George yeah. and uh it's more about what uh what other people um t- tend to say about about Prince George or people from other places, you know? Mm-hmm. Just things that, things that they hear, yeah. misinformation really. <laughs> so But uh yeah, yeah. So people who have listened to your previous work are they going to hear anything different either in the style of songs or the style of music? Um, yeah, yeah, there, there's a couple, a few songs on the album that, uh, I haven't really performed much live. Mm-hmm. Um, and so taking them into the studio without having done a bunch of, uh, kind of refining of the song over, over playing it live, um, left a lot of openness for decision making in the studio. And, um, yeah, so, so I think we took a few songs in like in a very uh, like a, a direction that I wouldn't normally do live, and I'm looking forward to the day when I can try and do it live. Um, yeah, so there's some that aren't, aren't as typical um, people wouldn't expect, but there's also some stuff that uh, is more in line with uh, stuff I've done in the past as well. So it's a bit of both. So you obviously enjoy doing the songs live before you go into the studio. Are there songs that you have written that you've been happy with you've gone up on stage you've performed them and the reaction from people and you kind of went okay that one is not going on the album 
Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Luckily, I think I've been lucky enough to. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten that reaction yet from from anybody. Or I don't think, at least not on a, a large scale. <laughs> Are there songs though where you perform them? You've written them, you go out and you perform them live, and even as you're performing them, you're kind of going, okay, something about this song just isn't quite right. Like, it sounds okay, the audience isn't leaving or anything, but there's something we can work on to make this song better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, th- th- songs are always changing as you're playing them live, mm-hmm. even, like, whether you're conscious of it or not, but I, 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 I definitely do get those thoughts, like, oh, that would be... This this part needs more build here, or it would be cool if we broke down here, or you know, I don't know, stuff like that, or instrumentation stuff, playing with people that I don't normally play with in a live setting, and then it spurs a new idea. So, how long has songs for the town been in the works? Then, like, was it started and or finished before COVID? Yes. Well, yes. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> I was planning to release it in uh, the spring of 2020, and that didn't happen, obviously. Yeah. But but yeah, we recorded it over the kind of fall, winter of 2019, 2020. Okay. Um, yeah, so so it's been around for a while in my uh, in my head. But uh, <laughs> yeah, excited. That's why I'm even more excited to just get it out there. Okay. Danny, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about the album and the music after All nine. Right. Elbin Classical has an activity the whole family can enjoy together. It's their multi-generational band. Tuesday evenings at 5.30, join in for an hour of musical fun led by some of our city's top classical musicians. Participation is free, but you must register. There's a limited number of instruments available for use on a first-come, first-served basis. To register, call Elbin Classical at 250-563-4693. Multi-generational band presented by Elbin Classical, 5.30 Tuesday evenings at First Baptist Church. In an effort to acknowledge the tireless work of restaurants and food service to provide safe dining during the pandemic, the BC Restaurant and Food Services Association has launched the Stand Up for Service campaign. After dining in anywhere across BC, visit bcrfa.com and share your story of the person or business which helped make your experiences welcoming and unique while following the best practices to combat COVID-19. As more and more eating establishments reopen across the province, please remember to bring your good habits with you and be kind. Through December 23rd, Statistics Canada's collecting information on the diversity of charity and not-for-profit boards. The objective is to understand what types of people serve on these boards. The information gathered will help not-for-profits and charities better understand how their board compares to those of similar organizations. For more information about this data collection process or to take the survey, visit statcan.gc.ca diversity. The Statistics Canada Board Diversity Survey, available through December 23rd through statcan.gc.ca. While we can continue to work through the COVID-19 crisis, BC's premier not-for-profit resource portal, Vantage Point, is offering their organizational membership for free. Normally a $125 fee, their goal is to share their membership benefits with as many organizations as possible during this challenging time. Featuring sector advocacy and collaboration along with resources and professional development, find out more on Vantage Point and your organization's opportunity to obtain a free membership at the Vantage Point. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Danny, recording songs for the town, was it the usual disappointment you were recording with, or did you have some guest musicians? Um, 
Yeah, for one track, I had some members of the band Crones. Oh. Uh, so Britt Brit Meyerhofer and Nathan Kelly of Crones. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, some friends, or another friend, Sarah Wildey. And uh, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the recording engineer even got in there, uh, <laughs> Connor Pritchard. Um, yeah, and we're all yelling and screaming and breaking bottles and stuff on on the track doing sound. And uh, what we were trying to recreate was kind of the the show vibe at uh, the Legion, <laughs> with with the addition of the broken bottles. Obviously, that doesn't normally no, no, of course not. <laughs> no, of course the Legion is always a very sedate and polite place to play. <clears throat> totally. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> so I have. Then all of these songs then were written before COVID and everything. Have you been writing a fair number of songs about sort of the enforced layoff and everything? Um, yeah, I have been. I have been writing a, a fair amount of tunes in the in the downtime during COVID. Um, and uh, yeah, for the first little bit, they kind of all wound up accidentally going in the same direction towards <laughs> kind of the same idea. <laughs> Just like we're alone and. This sucks, basically, but yeah. Um, yeah. Then I came around and yeah, I found some found some humor in it, and found just a different way of kind of looking at this downtime. Um, yeah, so it's actually been really good. And I put a little studio in my house, oh. like a <laughs> uh, yeah, with some some makeshift. It's a very makeshift studio, but uh, yeah, I've been working on recording some demos and just trying trying new ideas out. It's been really nice. So the nice thing is, even if you can't do a fully finished product, you can at least lay down, as you say, a demo. You can lay down something you can even send to the other band members so they can get a feel for what it sounds like. Totally. Yeah, and, yeah, and I've been doing that um, in the hopes that other people will record on it and kind of spur new ideas and stuff. Okay. Um, oh, oh, and I should have mentioned uh, the, the usual disappointments did also play on the album. Oh, of course. Uh, Bryn Porter on upright bass. Uh, he's incredible. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and also the amazing Chloe Nakahara oh, on fiddle. Wow. So, uh, yeah, really, really pumped on having them on the album. It really made it. That's for sure. Okay, so now Chloe was playing fiddle, not violin? Oh, well, I guess <laughs> I that's know. a matter of perspective. <laughs> I know. I have talked to a number of musicians over the years, and most of them say, you talk to a, a guy who is like a noted violin player, like symphonic, and yeah. he will call it a fiddle. And then you talk to oh, a guy yeah. who plays in a country band, and he says, yeah, I play violin. And you're kind of going, wait a minute. So do you, basic, do you basically then sort of leave it up to Chloe to decide what she's playing on each album? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, they all do their own thing. And I guess if, if you had to categorize it, um, I guess it would be somewhere in between the two for this album. Mm. Some fiddle, some, some more violin-y things. Yeah. So it depends, obviously, then on what the track is like. Like, if the track is maybe a little bit more up-tempo, maybe a little bit more towards the countryside of things, obviously she's going to be playing fiddle. If it's a slower yeah. tune, it's a violin. Yeah, that's my perspective, at least. I, I, don't, play, uh, I don't play either, so I don't, I don't <laughs> So you don't really care. <laughs> as long as she plays it and it sounds good, you're happy. Oh, yeah. And it usually will with Chloe, of course. Yeah, totally. So now... So this album is just coming out tomorrow. Have you already started thinking about the next album? Um, yeah, yeah, I have. Um, actually, I, I was kind of thinking about it before um, Silky Han and I even started working on the animated video. But um, oh, 
yeah, so I already had some other ideas brewing, but but now after doing that animated video for Riverbank, our mm-hmm. first single we released off the new album, um, it, it kind of got us thinking more about doing some uh, some more animation and music projects in the future. And some of them might be me just scoring to a short animation that, that Silky Hand makes, mm-hmm. or, uh, or uh, doing another song and having her uh, see what she wants to do for animation over it or something like that, but... That was that was really fun work um, for that for that video. So yeah, definitely want to do more of that. So when you get back to playing live shows, you're going to have an awful lot of music because, as you were saying, you've got some of the songs off songs from the town that you haven't done live before. So obviously, you're going to want to get them in, but you're also going to want to start playing some of the songs that you've written since then. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been asked to do a couple of well, I've. I, I'm not really into the live streaming thing so much, but uh, but I've I have done one kind of like pre-recorded video live stream thing, mm-hmm. and uh, it was yeah, it was really weird like trying to promote my new album, but really wanting to play my even newer <laughs> songs, you know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's weird. It'll be like going back in time when I uh, when it finally comes around to uh, learning these songs with the band. Okay, now we're just about out of time here. We're going to be playing one of the songs. I'm taking a wild guess and saying you at one point owned an old Toyota. I well, I did. My first car was a a, a red Toyota Corolla with a black hood. But I, I uh, the song is actually about my roommate's dog Dewey. <laughs> okay, um, and I call him Dew for short. Mm-hmm. Um, and the song is about him being found in a junkyard in Winnipeg, which he was. Okay. He was rescued from a, a Winnipeg junkyard and then eventually uh, was adopted by uh, our roommate, Jesse. And then she moved out here. So um, now Dewey is our roommate, I guess. Okay. Danny Bell, Songs for the Town, out tomorrow. Where can people find it? Uh, they can find it at dannybell.org. Okay. Nice and simple. And it's available on vinyl, CD, and digital download. And we have sweatshirts and T-shirts and tons of sweet gifts. Okay. Danny Bell, thank you very much for taking the time today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Okay. And we are going to finish off this interview with a song from Songs for the Town. This is Old Toyota by Danny Bell and the Disappointments. Well, the home was a messy place for you. So you're leaving it for scrapyard, dirt road, and old Toyota, rusty, red and green, yeah, old Toyota, rusty, red and green. Nights and days, no.
find something nice Save it for a wild mind Keep it safe between the seats You're in the sand underneath And build a home around the steel Of that old Toyota Rusty Red and green Yeah, old Toyota Rusty Red and green Old Toyota from Danny Bell and his disappointments off the new album Songs for the Town, which is out tomorrow. You can get uh, copies of it at dannybell.org. Take another quick break and be back with more After 9. Due to the COVID pandemic, the Grizzly Bear Foundation is unable to host their annual gala fundraiser. This has created a large shortfall of funds for the organization. To help make up the difference, the Grizzly Bear Foundation is asking supporters to donate the money they may have spent on a gala ticket. $250 will go a long way to help their work in preserving and protecting grizzlies. Make your donation today through the Support Us drop-down menu at grizzlybearfoundation.com. The Canadian Centre for Occupational Health and Safety has some tips for people operating a restaurant during the current pandemic. Among the suggestions, promote home delivery, pre-ordering, or curbside pickup. Use signs and markings to control the flow of people in the restaurant. Limit the number of customers allowed in at one time and provide a waiting area outside with markers designated safe physical distancing and remove large condiment containers from tables, replacing them with single-use items. For more tips on pandemic-related health and safety, go to ccohs.ca. The city has launched a new community recreation e-newsletter. It's a convenient way for you to find out about the myriad of fun, stimulating activities available right here in Prince George. Subscribe to the e-newsletter, browse activities, or register for programs at princegeorge.ca slash recreation. The digital newsletter will be released at least three times per year with special issues tailored to specific audiences, seasonal events, and emerging programs also in the works. For full details, visit princegeorge.ca slash Recreation. Forecast from Environment Canada. Morning fog patches, then mainly cloudy. Wind up to 15K, a high of zero with an afternoon wind chill to minus 6. Mainly cloudy tonight with a low of minus 5. Mainly cloudy again on Friday with a high of minus 2. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And there are a lot of different groups affected by the most recent public health order, which came down from Dr. Bonnie Henry beginning of this week. Among them, the Prince George Cougars, joined now by Fraser Rogers. Hello, Fraser. Good morning, Al. How are you doing? Uh, Well, (laughs) considering there's really absolutely nothing going on, but of course you're not the person to complain to about that, are you? No, I I am definitely in that boat, so I, I... Certainly have had uh, a lot of downtime here in the last eight, nine months, but uh, hopefully 2021 brings us uh, some action on the ice. Now, had the Cougars even started their, the Cougars hadn't even started their training camp yet, had they? No, the training camp uh, right now is uh, pegged for uh, just after Boxing Day. The players are supposed to come in on December 26th from uh, their home markets, get into town, and then uh, no official word yet, but likely at December 27th or 28th start to uh, a week-long training camp. Then it would be just a couple exhibition games, and then uh, January 8th would be that starting date. But as we know with COVID, yes. 
uh, the public health office. Everything is very fluid right now in uh, BC and Western Canada. So um, right now it's generated. It could move back, and if it does, the league won't panic. They are um, very well aware that uh, they have to, you know, adjust their timelines accordingly based on the uh, current situation with the pandemic. So a bit of a wait and see game as well. And I guess, as we've talked about before, the biggest problem the WHL has is you've got, what, B.C., Alberta, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and two states in the U.S.? Correct, yeah. You have six uh, health authorities, two countries uh, you're trying to coordinate with because you have the four western provinces and their provincial health offices, and you have the Washington State Health Authority and the Oregon State Health Authority to work with. And within those states, you have the counties as well you have to coordinate with where uh in benton county that's where um uh the tri-city americans play out of in Mm -hmm. kennewick washington and obviously port of winnehawks down in portland so yeah you have a lot of moving parts for the whl to uh coordinate things uh certainly now um not just for the canadian government but the american government uh, at the provincial and state level and uh you know they've done a great job uh, working quietly behind the scenes and that's what i really want to know give the whl head office in calgary a lot of credit for i know we usually you know like to complain or whine about you know sometimes how uh, a league office moves but uh the whl has done a great job i think of quietly going about their business not you know campaigning through the media from a league office about you know start dates and players playing or not playing they've done a good job of being in a very supportive uh and partnership role with the public health offices in western canada i know there's a lot of news lately about uh, you know junior hockey players being sidelined, but uh, I think the WHL has done a great job of not being noisy and just uh, working quietly behind the scenes, getting their ducks in a row, uh, trying to get ready for January 8th. So I guess, so my understanding with the new public health order is there is that split in what ages are allowed to participate in inside in practices and stuff like that, and which ages aren't. How does that affect somebody like the Cougars? My understanding is 19 and over, they cannot take part in indoor workouts. Yeah, as a team, under the Ah. team umbrella, um, players, it's an odd Mm -hmm. uh, declaration, I'll be honest, something that puzzled me, like so many others in junior hockey, um, you know, with players 18 and under allowed to still do on ice skills and drills and small groups, but those 19 and 20 on the team cannot which I think obviously misses the point. I think Mm -hmm. these players, especially, you know, the junior levels have done a terrific job of uh, keeping a very tight bubble, and uh, there's been no transmission outbreaks in junior hockey so far with, you know, players practicing at home or junior A practicing in their markets and playing exhibition games. But, you know, you just uh, sometimes you don't agree with the marching orders, but you still have to, you know, take the marching orders, right? So, you know, it's an odd rule, so you feel bad for those older players who, you know, with their team, have to sit and watch half their teammates on the ice while half them sit in the stands. It's kind of a puzzling uh, approach, but, um, you know, those are the times we're living right now. 2020 has been a year turned <laughs> everything upside down, yeah. and uh, it's hard to, you know, try to, you know, criticize the public health office because they have what I think is an impossible task trying to uh, manage, the, you know, the public and keep the public in the know with, uh, you know, a, a pandemic that has affected everyone. So it's a worldwide pandemic. It's affected so many, and there's been, unfortunately, many people that have passed away in our province uh, from, you know, this virus, well over 500. And, 
I think it's small potatoes complaining if we can practice or, or can't right now. So it's an odd one, but uh, you just have to suck it up and, uh, you know, stand in line and support what, the, what Dr. Bonnie Henry and our office are doing. Now, one thing I wanted to check is I don't think we've checked on this for a while. Is the are the is the Cougars roster and the other other WHL rosters are they basically frozen now? Like you've had to declare who the players are who are going to be on the Cougars this year. They do have to submit a roster of thirty or less for training camp. Okay. Um, prior to training, so that's when you get that kind of roster set for training camp. Um, there's no clarification yet on trades, and mm-hmm. there is a trade deadline. How do trades work? Because mm-hmm. players, if they had to travel, would have to now quarantine if they left province, right? Yeah. Um, that one will be ironed out. I know actually tomorrow, uh, and today the uh, governors and GMs are talking uh, amongst each other on conference calls this afternoon and tomorrow, uh, kind of planning that stuff, the scheduling, talking about the trade deadline, talking about roster sizes. So those uh, details are being worked uh, behind the scenes right now, being worked on. And uh, But right now, uh, the stipulation is it's a 30-man roster or less. You can bring mm-hmm. you know, fewer players. That's up to the team's discretion, but the max amount of players would be 30 for training camp uh, later this month. Okay. Fraser, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk some more about what's happening with the Cougars after 9. Be sure to shop local this holiday season. If you're seen shopping local in preparation for the holidays, you could be visited by one of the Prince George Chamber's hashtag HolidayPG Elves. The Chamber will also be announcing some great prizes that you could qualify for just by doing your shopping. Check the Chamber's website at pgchamber.bc.ca or their social media pages through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Shop local, get rewarded with hashtag HolidayPG from your Chamber of Commerce this holiday season. The City of Prince George and Inspiring Women Among Us have teamed up to create Claiming Spaces. Claiming Spaces is an online resource designed with members of underrepresented groups in mind. Featuring interviews and videos from community leaders, Claiming Spaces can be accessed at iwau.ca. Join contributing participants during IWAU 2020 for a viewing party at 5.30 Tuesday, November 24th. Creating Spaces Resource Hub, online at iwau.ca slash Claiming Spaces. By order of the Provincial Health Officer, effective immediately, all visitors to civic facilities must wear masks. Employees and visitors who are not wearing masks will be denied entry or asked to leave. The order does not apply to visitors with medical exemptions or children under the age of two. Also, in accordance with the order, no spectators are allowed at any indoor or outdoor sports facilities. More information is available on the city's website, and full details on the Provincial Health Orders are available on the BC Government website. CNC students are getting an extra week of rest between semesters as the general start to the winter term has been delayed to January 11th. The change will help students dealing with added stress due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The delay will not affect professional and trades programs with unique scheduling or community partnerships. Students will be notified if their program's January term begins on a date other than January 11th. For more information, visit cnc.bc.ca. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Fraser, I guess if there was one good thing about when the new order came down and everything, it meant that you didn't have players worrying about, my goodness, I'm going to have to get to Prince George just before Christmas. I can't spend Christmas with my family. They at least now know they can spend Christmas with their family. They may have to leave on Boxing Day, but... Yeah, it's, you know, the, probably the silver lining 
the only silver lining out of this situation now is is that at least they do spend time at home uh, for Christmas. I know some junior leagues that were starting were, you know, looking to ask players to stay uh, through the Christmas break in their markets, uh, not going home because if they went home, they would have to do that 14 day isolation. Mm-hmm. But um, with the PHOs extending the order until January, it's um, you know it is a reprieve for junior hockey, but also for our league and our team specifically to know that we're not trying to juggle that travel plans around Christmas with our players coming in from you know markets all over Western Canada and in the United States as well with a player. So and two European players, uh, mind you, as well. So it's good to know that uh, you know we can get our ducks in a row as a league and as a team. Uh, going forward um, after Christmas. And so it's a smooth transition into training camp and into the regular season in 2021. Because, that, yeah, that could have been a, a headache. Uh, traveling at Christmas time any year is, uh, you know, it is busy. It's challenging for mm. players. Sometimes flights get delayed, their gear goes missing, um, you know, with connections and, and all that when it comes to uh, airports and the headaches with travel. But uh, with that now um, behind us and coming in after uh, Christmas that will help with a much easier transition into training camp and into the new year. Now, you've got one player on the Cougars who is sort of already at training camp, Taylor Goche, over at the World Junior Championship, uh, the Team Canada training camp. What's the word on what's happening there? They're in Alberta, but what's happening? Do you know? Yeah, I actually got some breaking news for you, Al. Uh, just before 9 a.m., Hockey Canada made some cuts to the training camp, which is based out of Red Deer. They're mm-hmm. down 34 players. Taylor Gauthier is still there. In fact, oh. he's one of the three goalies that remain. So just by process of elimination, he will be on the team. Wow. Carry three goalies. So, yeah, that's just about one hour ago. Hockey Canada made seven cuts, uh, cutting... Um, Two goalies and five players, so they're down to 34. They still have to get down to 25 yeah. by the 13th, which is Sunday. Um, there's one more inter-squad game tonight, uh, a red and white inter-squad game. They also played last night. And then uh, by the weekend, they got to cut down their numbers to 25. So not official official by any means. They haven't uh, you know, published the roster of the uh, of the Team Canada roster yet. That will probably come, I bet you, by tomorrow or the weekend. But uh, we know he'll be at least one of the three goalies on Team Canada, as they will carry three for the tournament, which starts uh, now Christmas Day in Edmonton at Rogers uh, Arena. Wow. And it wraps up still, I think, New Year's Day, or is it January the 2nd, or did they change the ending date? The the, the start date changed. It's usually a Boxing Day start, but they started on the 25th with three games. Canada, mind you, doesn't start until Boxing Day themselves. (laughs) And then the tournament wraps up January 5th. Okay. Uh, that's the gold medal game. So the, the gold medal game hasn't changed. It's just they pushed back uh, the start of the tournament, considering it's a bubble tournament now in Edmonton. Um, the same uh, setup they had for the NHL bubble there with the playoffs uh, back in the summer. Uh, but that will be now a 10-team tournament at one arena uh, over two weeks. So lots of games going on. So they had to give one extra day to get those games in. Mm-hmm. So if everything goes according to plan for the WHL, Taylor, if Team Canada is playing the gold medal game, basically plays there, then comes back to Prince George and just puts on his uh, Cougars uniform and is back on the ice. Yeah, if everything lines up with timelines very well, well he's going to have a very busy uh, <laughs> few weeks. You know, a two-week World Junior Tournament potentially with that gold medal game, as you mentioned, on the twenty on the January 5th, rather. And uh, like you said, if, if that tournament 
And if Team Canada goes right to the gold medal game, he'll only have a couple days, and then he's getting back to Prince George. Yeah. In getting ready for the regular season, mind you, I'm sure there'll be some protocols with yeah. him some rest and getting himself uh, recharged uh, for the start of the regular season. But uh, I think with the long off season, he and so many of his peers have had, I think he'll welcome a very busy work <laughs> schedule uh, starting here and later this month and into January. I think that's welcome news for these young men after having so much time away from the rink uh, since the spring. Now, I want to turn my attention away from the ice for a second here with the Cougars. You guys made a big announcement, I think, was it earlier this week, about something called Claws Out Ale? Yeah, it's actually a very unique, uh, first of its kind partnership with Crossroads and the Cougars, uh, Crossroads Brewing Distillery downtown on George Street, uh, teamed up with us to come out with a signature ale. It's called the Claws Out Blonde Ale. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a new limited edition uh, line that they put out here. And, uh, you know, it's been it's been a nice story. We announced that on Tuesday, and the reaction has been very positive uh, so far uh, amongst our fans, uh, people in the community, reaction on social media. Uh, they're in 17 locations, uh, the Claws Out Ale. You can get those four packs across 17 locations in Prince George, including right at Crossroads. You can go in there and pick up a four-pack today. It's got a beautiful cougar-themed label on the can, and it's a nice, smooth, uh, American-style blonde ale, I'd say. It has a little citrus notes in it. I got to do some, I'll say, quality control. (laughs) Oh, of course. On on Tuesday night, (laughs) and I was thoroughly impressed. So, yeah, it's it's a great... partnership with a great local business like Crossroads, and uh, we're excited about it, and hopefully our fans are too. You know, it's very unique just to Prince George. That's what we like about it. Not only is it a Cougars beer, but it's for fans here in Prince George, and uh, if you haven't done so, make sure you go to our website. You click on the story on our front page there about the Crossroads uh, Clauso Blonde Ale, and uh, they'll have a list of 17 uh, liquor stores uh, and restaurants here in town. Wow. So now, the new public health order in effect, WHL sort of on pause, as most other leagues are around the world, really. Um, I guess if there's anything happening, probably, again, the Cougars website is probably the best place to go for keeping up to date on what's happening with the Cougars and the WHL. Yeah, you bet. And now some you know, more breaking news this morning. We announced just uh, after 9, uh, speaking of after yeah. 9, we just announced the annual Teddy and Toot Toss for us oh. this year in support of the Salvation Army and that it gone virtual. We're doing it all online this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's live right on our website, princegeorgecougars.com or sapg.ca, the Salvation Army Prince George's website. And it's online donations this year. Uh, our our fans can pick from uh, five different tiers of donations. All the money that you can donate will go directly to our local Salvation Army for all the various uh, programs and arms of the Salvation Army that they fund, including you know the thrift store and the all-important food bank. And with COVID this year, the Salvation Army has been absolutely slammed. There's yes. been so much need because uh, so many families are in financial challenging times and uh, we're well aware of that. People not working, people having uh, stress financially, and Salvation Army is such a strong community pillar for us, and we've had a long-standing partnership with them. And if you go to our website, right at the top of the page, you can click to donate. You know, Minimum donations start at $25, go up to $50, 100 even $500, or a donation of 
the donors choosing and all that money goes to helping needy families, not just at Christmas, but in the winter when it comes to food, warm winter clothing, you know, school supplies, basic essentials that me and you might take for granted on a day-to-day basis. So our teddy bear toss is back of sorts. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's online and uh, we hope people, you know, it's a call to action. We hope people rally around it and help out a great organization in our community. Fraser Rogers, Prince George Cougars, thanks very much for bringing us right up to date with what's happening with the team. Thank you. I'll appreciate it. Okay. That'll do it for today. Tomorrow, After 9, CBC Front Burner, and then the panel. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita, with guest producer Neil Godbu of the Prince George Citizen. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. You're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 on the FM dial. CFIS-FM is owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society.